I will open up with verse 11. We've had two weeks in a row with some challenging weather. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Let's pray. Father in God, we thank you and praise you that it is through grace alone that we are saved. It is through grace that we go on and are maintained. It is through grace that we please you as we walk by faith. And uh, Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity once again to meet tonight to study the word of God. We thank you for the opportunity that we had this morning. And uh, once again, we are reminded for those that are away from us and pray that you'd bless them abundantly as they take a break and have vacations. We also pray, Father, and ask that those who in our assembly are hurting physically and uh, suffering with sickness and recovering, we pray that you'd strengthen and encourage them, help us to be a part of that encouragement. And Lord, tonight as we uh, again deal with this subject matter before us that's practical to each of our lives, we pray for your help, we pray for your guidance in it, and we ask this in Christ's name, amen. We are dealing with, uh, because last, uh, let me remind you, first of all, one week from tonight, we will be having uh, an opportunity to Skype with uh, Mark and Johnny over in Thailand, so next Sunday evening will be a mission night, and we will be Skyping with them, we'll get a chance to see them, see a video that he's put together, and see some of the things uh, that are going on there in Thailand. But uh, as we are dealing in the book of Proverbs, last week uh, we started to take a look at anger, something that uh, we don't like to talk about, but anger, uh, we noted in scripture that it is also referred to as wrath and by definition as well and rage. And uh, we defined it as a strong, as we looked at uh, dictionary and uh, considered a couple of other sources, but a strong feeling of displeasure. That's what anger is, really. It, when things do not turn out or work out the way that we feel they should, it results in a strong feeling of displeasure, and that is anger. And I can, uh, this is, again, I believe, important to what we're going to finish with tonight. But it can come out in two different ways, basically, as we looked at it in its uh, use. One, it can be an outburst, and that's normally the one that we recognize. When somebody is angry, they, they, they just have an outburst, like in this passage, someone losing their temper. That is very easy to spot. The second type is not as easy to spot and very rarely is seen, and that is anger can also be a condition of the mind, as we saw last week. We don't think of it that way. Well, we don't express it outwardly, but inwardly we are in a rage. We are upset. We also said and noted last week that not all anger is sin. We are told in Scripture to be angry and sin not. Is it possible to have anger for the right reasons? The answer is yes. A righteous or a just anger we have seen from Scripture. First of all, it's unselfish. It's really not looking out for self. It is based upon God's character and standards. That is really righteous anger. It's not anger because someone doesn't agree with me. It's not anger because situations didn't turn out the way I thought they should have. But it is an anger for the sake of God's character and his standards based upon what's true, not based upon what we even think is true. 
And it's usually seen by way of anger that is expressed toward evil, toward ungodliness, toward injustice that's done, or immorality. And we need to be careful that we do not just deceive ourselves in thinking we have righteous anger and we have justified anger if it is not for God's sake, God's name, truly, and it is not really because it's against immorality or un ungodliness. If it's just because we're hurt, uh, we don't like certain things that happen, uh, we can call it righteous anger, but it may or may not be. We also noted last week that anger sometimes is not expressed in words. We saw from the book of Proverbs that it can be expressed by our looks, by our facial expressions, and people can see that. And then lastly, we noted that uh, it can also be concealed, and that is we don't even have it on our face, but inside we have anger, and that is sin, unless, again, it is for a righteous reason. Tonight I'd like to wrap this up, especially in light of the what's coming next week, and so uh, with the uh, Skyping in Thailand. So tonight I want to look at something we started. I only did one verse on it last week. But what is it that causes us to be angry? Um, and what does anger do? In other words, if when we are angry, what really is the result of that? Not, not what causes it for us, but what does that result in? And I want to finish with just some thoughts from the book of Proverbs on how to avoid uh, being angry, and when I say angry, understanding being angry with sin. So what are some of the causes of anger? The only one we mentioned last week was jealousy. When we are jealous for something that somebody has that we didn't get, um, and uh, we feel that uh, they are either getting more recognition, they are getting more rec uh, money, they got a raise, we didn't get a raise, and on and on it goes. But jealousy is a major portion. Another one is found in Proverbs 15. That's the second one, and this is where we pick it up tonight. So what are some of the causes, things that cause us to be angry? Well, according to Proverbs 15, a well-known passage of Scripture, verse 1, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word, it says in verse 15. Something that really is meant to hurt. Uh, what it says there is that harsh word stirs it up. That's what causes the anger. I was in a meeting one time with about four different individuals, and in the, the course of discussion, something was said, and then the person it, in front of the other people specifically said to me, I said that purposely to hurt you. Now, it's very rare for someone to say that, but they did. They said, I specifically chose that word because I knew it would hurt you. Uh, that is a great way to stir up anger. I did not deck the person. Um, but we do that. Sometimes, you know, we, we are right with our children. I remember an incident in the school, and uh, probably people can remember more instances in the school, but let me mention one. I remember an instance in the school where I dealt with a, a, a number of students, and the way I approached it was not right. And the way I came out with my attitude was wrong, plain and simple. 
And I remember gathering all those students together afterwards and apologizing for my approach to it. Why? Because that can stir them up even more. We can do that with our children. We can do that with our boss. We can do that with one another. Rather than using a soft answer to turn away, and remember, wrath, anger, uh, those terms are pretty much interchangeable. We could use the distinctions, but uh, the idea is it's all stirring up this concept of anger. And by using a soft word, sometimes people don't know what to say because we turn it away. But so how we say what we say can be what causes the anger in another individual. And I think it's a good thing for us to take a step back when dealing with our children, when dealing with students, when dealing with one another, and we see that somebody got really angered, did I be, uh, was I, should I, I should say, was I the cause of that person getting angry? Because of the way I said uh, what I had said. Closely with that is the next one I would give you, chapter 15 and verse 18. Verse 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. What is the cause of it? It's a hot-tempered man. But the slow to anger comes a dispute. We'll come back to that later. But the first part of it is what I want you to see. It's a hot-tempered man, one who always loses his edge. That's the idea behind the word. One, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes we excuse that. I'm going to tell you two common ways we excuse it. One is it's our personality. That's just the way I am. Well, maybe the way you are, but you're still in sin. Second one we excuse, and all too often, well, it's because I was sick. It may be because you were sick, and you may have done something because you didn't feel good. That doesn't mean it's not sin. That doesn't mean you didn't cause others to sin as well. That's not an excuse. But a hot-tempered man, it's, it's one that's just ready to explode all the time. It's kind of interesting, though I won't turn to it, but even in my, some of my reading this week, one of the familiar passages that came back was the man who's always looking for something wrong. And uh, what that does is stir up evil. And sometimes that's what it is. We're always looking for everything wrong. We're never looking for what's right. That is the best way to discourage your child. Uh, we're in the parenting class right now in the Sunday morning Bible studies. And this morning, uh, talking a little bit about what we're not supposed to do with our children. You know, sometimes our children are the way they are because we stirred it up. We provoked them to wrath by what we said, by the fact that we're looking for everything that they do that's wrong. And we need to be careful with that. So it can be caused, anger in us can be caused by us being jealousy. It's kind of a challenge to our own heart by the way we said something by the fact that we're always on edge. And again, that is an area that we sometimes justify ourselves. Well, I just, I want to walk right with the Lord and I really want everybody else to walk right with the Lord and don't try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Let him do it. He knows how to do it. He knows how to bring conviction. Next one, another cause of anger that may come up in our life. Turn to Proverbs 21 and verse 24. This is a big one. I guess they're all big. How do we say that, really? Yeah. But proud, haughty, verse 24 of chapter 21. Proud, haughty, scoffer are his names who acts with insolent pride. And what is it? What is it that's causing that? Even as you look around in the other verses there, what is it? 
It's, and again, it's, it's interesting because it's tied into the tongue if you look at verse 23. But pride is another thing that stirs it up. Uh, don't you know who I am? It's one of the things I jotted down. How can you do that to me? Uh, we can never be wrong. We're right all the time. We are working on an image. We've heard a number of messages on that, and we get this image that we build up about ourselves. That's all pride. That's all haughty. And that's what stirs up anger in other people as well. Another one, chapter 21, verse 19. If you look close by, verse 19, it is better to live in a desert land than with a contentious and vexing wife. A woman, excuse me. Don't use that wrong in scripture. Uh, but what is it? It, it is strife. It's a, it's a woman there basically that what you have in the situation in verse 19 is someone who's always contentious in their spirit. And uh, it not only is produced by contention, but I'll give you this one right now, anger also produces contention or strife, or a battle, or an argument. Okay, someone that's always looking for an argument is what it's talking about there. It also produces that. And let's just look at a verse or two on that. Chapter 29 of Proverbs, verse 22. Verse 22. An angry man, see, this is also the product, stirs up strife. And a hot-tempered man, we just saw that, abounds in transgression or in sin. So not only if you've got a wife that's basically contentious, but if you are, you will stir up more strife. Chapter 30 of Proverbs and verse 33. 30 and 33. For the churning of milk produces butter, the pressing of the nose brings forth blood, but the churning of anger produces strife. Many times people have gone to that and, and seen in Proverbs 30, 33, a number of things, but look at the last part of it. Uh, the last part of it makes it very clear uh, that when you're, the idea of pressing anger, what that'll do is you press your anger and it'll stir up more strife, more arguments. Since I mentioned it, this is not in Proverbs, but I think it's appropriate, another cause for anger, go with me to Ephesians 6. You know what this one's going to be. But Ephesians 6. We'll come right back to Proverbs. Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So who is it that provokes children to anger? You want to know, folks? It's overbearing parents. Very simply put. Contrast to that is bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Unfortunately, the practice is very common that in trying to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, that is used as an excuse when we really are provoking them to anger. And a parent who is overbearing, a parent who has no grace with their children, and they just got to conform, and usually that's because of an image that we have of ourselves, and we're concerned what other people are going to think about us. All of that is what stirs up anger. On the other side of the coin, and I'll give you this one as one last one so I can progress, another cause of anger is an unresponsive or disobedient child. Not only a parent who is overbearing, but also a child who is unresponsive. Back to Proverbs, 
we've seen it in a number of different ways, so I'll just refer to one verse on it, although clearly it doesn't say it in the verse, but in chapter 17 of Proverbs and verse 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. And it's a sorrow, a sorry thing, and we all go through it uh, with children where we see people making foolish decisions and it results in a grief to the father and can even cause anger if we were to compare it with some other passages. So those are some of the causes. They're not all the causes, but some of the causes certainly mentioned in the book of Proverbs that if we, and we all end up dealing with anger from time to time, and once we understand that it can be outward burst, but it can be inward, it can be something that's on my face, it can be something that's hidden, and yeah, you may be angry because someone said something hard to you, uh, or harsh to you, you may be angry because your parents were overbearing, and they shouldn't be, but that's a cause, or it may be caused by a number of things that we just glanced at. Maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's pride. But I think more importantly are the last two things I want to deal with. And one is, when you do have anger, what does it do? If you're an angry person, what can you expect? Well, let's start with this one, Proverbs 19.19. 19. You can expect two things right away. One, you will be punished. 1919, a man of great anger will bear the penalty. And look at the second part of the verse. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. If you don't get victory over anger and I don't get victory over anger, it will repeat itself. And you will suffer the consequences. People go to jail over issues out of anger. More people should go to jail than don't. I'm not here to deal with the judicial system right now. But if you are a person that struggles with anger, at least be forthright to see that you deserve the punishment that comes your way. You deserve, if you had an explosion and you have uh, the consequence of maybe losing a job or going to jail or whatever else might come the way. And if you don't get victory over that, you will repeat it. And that is not encouraging, but that's what will happen. It will repeat itself over and over again. And very simply put, another way of putting it is you will act foolishly. If you don't get over anger, what you do will be resulting in a lot of acts of foolishness. Go with me to chapter 14 of the book of Acts, uh, book of, excuse me, uh, Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verse 17. A quick-tempered man acts his deeds. You may say things you're going to regret. You can't pull them back. You may end up even physically hitting somebody, and uh, that's a foolish reaction. Sometimes people get angry because things don't go their way, and they quit their job. That's a foolish action that can, that can result in, in something that just didn't go your way, and because you get so angry over it, people have left churches over issues like this. They get so angry over something, and they justify it in their mind and heart, and they leave, and then they want to come back. Some people leave schools over that. And I'm not necessarily, when you think of that, you say, Pastor Daniel's just talking about this church, he's talking about uh, our school. No, 
I'm talking about reality. They just leave a school or they leave the house. Sometimes a child gets upset about the rules that are in a house and their acts that it's talking about here in acting foolishly, verse 17, is, I'm out of here, okay? And you get everything that comes with it. And then all of a sudden the child is saying, hey, you know, uh, wait, I could use mom and dad's car. I don't have a car now. Now what do I do? Well, if you'd thought before you acted, uh, I don't have a job, but you know, that meal I used to get every night, oh wow, I have to do that myself now. You act foolishly, run away from home, and then you get the foolish people to take them in and don't send them back to their parents. Be careful, be careful. You, you, sometimes it's a result of their own actions, verse 17, but a faithful Envoy brings healing. Rather than that, we should be looking for that. We already saw causes strife and division, so I won't go back to that one. Often a foolish person not only acts foolishly themselves, but they destroy everything in their way. Look at chapter 27 of Proverbs. Chapter 27. In verse 4. And I know that there's a lot of teaching out there on temperaments and so forth. And that is valuable. I'm not saying that's not valuable at all. But if you have a temperament that uh, is one that can get angry quick, you need to get that under control. I need to get that under control. We need to be careful. In chapter 27, verse 4, look at this. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. You know, last week with the storm, I'm sure people uh, watched the news a little bit, and you saw what happened down at Salisbury Beach, for example. Never mind down in Boston area. There was water coming down the streets. You know what a flood does? A lot of damage. Not just to themselves, to everything in its path. That's what it says. And so if we're struggling with anger, we, we need to take care of that. Uh, it's very clear here. It destroys everything that's in its way. Who can stand? There it is again, before jealousy. Because jealousy brings that about us again. And here's something very encouraging to us in a way, right? Not really, chapter 29, look at verse 11. A fool always loses his temper. You say, well, what does that, what does that mean? Or he sends forth that spirit. But a wise man, by the way, holds it back. We'll deal with that hopefully on the other side of the coin. But in verse 11, he always loses his temper. It's a what? A sign of a fool. When I lose my temper, when you lose your temper, if it is for righteous indignation, which is rare, that's a sign that you are being foolish at that moment. It is foolish. It's a sign that I am being foolish. And as we saw already, and I, I, try, I try to just give you an example on this. And we'll go to 29.22. 29.22. Last part of the verse, the hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. As I just said a little earlier, it usually leads, not only will you repeat it, but it leads to more sin. Let me give you a biblical example uh, from the New Testament. There's a number of examples, but just one from the New. Herod. You say, what do you mean? Remember when the wise men, because we just think of this at Christmas, what happened? The wise men came to him, and they said, where's the star? You know, uh, oh, okay. You go find him, and when you find him, you come back and tell us. Right? Remember that story in the scriptures? 
What happened? The wise men were warned by the Lord. What did they do? They went a different way. They did not go back to Herod. What does the text tell us that Herod did? Number one, he got angry. He was upset. You don't get a king upset. But what did he do? Anybody? Killed the children two years and under. I'll get them. See? Started off, if you will, with anger. Led to, in that case, murder. That's, that's really the practical part of it. You may be angry over your teacher's assignment. You may be angry over your parents' instructions. You may be angry over something your wife said or something your husband said. You may be angry over something the boss did. You may be angry over something that happened in the church. You may be angry over all kinds of situations. But if you don't pull that back, that will lead not only to that anger and outburst doing something silly, it may end up being a flood that takes a lot of people with it. It may also be something that just leads to worse sin and worse sin and worse sin. Anger is something that is very devastating. So let me um, jump. It's 10 minutes off already. Let me jump ahead to the next section. I want to get to it. Well, then, then pass it in. How can we avoid it? How can we, what can we do? Is there anything that Proverbs gives us with instruction on anger? And this is by far not exhausting, as I told you, for those of you that are new to the study on Proverbs. I will not exhaust every subject uh, or every part of every subject that I address but hopefully enough to give you some food for thought. How can we avoid it? Uh, I'll give you the first way to avoid it. Go to Proverbs 22. This concept will come up again in a different area of study from the book of Proverbs, but let me give you this one. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man. Why? You will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. You will become an angry man or an angry woman. What does that mean? It'll come up again on how we choose our associations, how we choose friends. We're always wondering about that as adults. We're always wondering that as young people. How do I choose whether to hang around with this person or hang around with that person? Now, again, a little bit of caution. Just because your fellow student had an outburst of anger in one moment, you want to pray for that person, and hopefully that can get corrected. But if that's... All that that person does is have outbursts of anger over and over and over and over. And they're mocked by that and over again. Then you ought to avoid that type of person. So the first way is when you see someone like that, if it's you know just something that happened, I would encourage you, as we have learned, to go to the person and try to address that. You know, you didn't handle that right. And hopefully they confess it and they move on. But if they turn around and say, don't talk to me, you know, what do you, th you know, who do you think you are? And it just gets worse. And you see that that is a pattern that they have. Um, then avoid them because you will become like them. You will. Those that you hang around with, you will become like that. If they are godly, it will run off. 
That's why when we get to choosing friends, you will see that. If they are not, that will also run off. We get affected by that. Second way, chapter 17. I'll give you two on this one. Chapter 17, verse 27. And then we'll look at another verse that brings it, I think, it out a little bit clearer. But uh, Proverbs 17, 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge. It says there in verse 27. Okay? And then it also says this, the rest of the verse. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Now, I am not sure where the teen world is these days because it was different in my day. It was different in your day. And, you know, what it, what it is that makes a person cool is always different. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the spirit of the individual when it's talking about that. Someone who's able to control it. Someone who doesn't just burst out with words but thinks before they speak. Turn to chapter 16 of the same book, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit, that's the idea of chapter 17 that I just went to, verse 27. He who rules his spirit, then he who captures a city. Oh, somebody might be strong and might be able to capture a city, and we can visually see that in our mind's eye, and they are strong enough to control, but someone who's slow to anger is better than that. Someone who's able to rule his own spirit or her own spirit and able to control that and think, isn't that what, I won't turn there. Anybody give me a passage in James. Here's a test for you, quickly. James what? Got it, 119. What does it say, Danny? You had it. There you go. Right? Swift to speak, right? Slow to wrath. Be slow with your anger. Why? It never ever, ever works the righteousness of God. That's, that's kind of a, something to look at, even what we're talking about today when you talk about balancing you know, righteous anger. We ought to be slow to get anger. And, and that is a challenge. Can be a challenge, again, with your temperament. Can be a challenge with my temperament. Can be a challenge to us to really pray about it and to ask the Lord to help me to be cool in that situation and to address it, but to do it in a calm way. Let me give you a couple of others um, that are not usually easy to do. Chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 14. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs. Who would like to do that? Okay. Rather than a fool in his folly. I just read verse 12. Now, verse 14. No, it all goes together. That's why I'm looking at my notes, and there's, there's a number of things. Let a man bear, and there was another reason for going that. You ever see a, a, a bear get robbed of his cubs? Well, I just saw just this week on one of the channels a situation that was, uh, it was, I think, Nova. But it was a situation where there was a, a bunch of sea lions with the big tusks. And what happened was along came a polar bear and got ready to attack the cubs. Guess who died? The polar bear. The polar bear actually got a grip on the back of the neck of one of the parents of the, and then others came and the tusks went right into the 
and the tusk killed the bear, is what it did. That's kind of the picture there, okay? Then a fool in his folly. Then you go down to verse, the verse that I mentioned, verse 14. The beginning of strife is like letting out water, the old leak in the dike, right? You still have people read that? Russ, I have no idea. The old leak in the dike? We don't do that stuff anymore? That's how old I am, the old leak in the dike situation. Uh, all right, but what have you got? When he has no sense. Um, I'm sorry, that was 16. Verse 14. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. In other words, stop it. Somebody starts argue, arguing with you, stop it right there. Don't go down the path of tit for tat. Don't go down the path of arguing back and forth. It's not going to win. Stop it. Quit quarreling, is the way I put it. Or even before it starts, you can see it's ready to break out. Don't go join in. You see someone getting ready to argue about something, and you join in the argument. That's foolishness. Stop it. Quit quarreling. Let me give you another one. Chapter 19, verse 11. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. We saw that. Now watch the rest of the verse. And it is a glory to overlook a transgression. What does that mean? I'll give it to you this way. Overlook the small matters. Elsewhere in scripture it says if somebody says something about you, don't be so quick to jump. Have you not done that to others? Yeah, you have. Yes, I have. It is not easy to overlook the small matters, but we have to pick and choose. We have to do that as a church. I have to do that as a pastor. You have to do that as a parent. You have to do that as a teacher. You have to do that in your job. What things am I going to have to deal with? Because though they're small, it's going to result in something big. And what are the other things that don't matter at all, really? They really don't. And sometimes it's good for us that in the small matters, in those areas that really aren't going to make a big difference, Okay, overlook it. Just overlook it. Bring it before the Lord, pray, and move on. I'll give you another one. Go to 21, chapter 21, Proverbs. Ways to avoid being angry. Chapter 21, verse 14. A gift in secret subdues anger. And a bribe... In the bosom, strong wrath. Huh. Let me, let me, this might not sound practical to you, but I think it is. How about a gift? You see someone else that is angry? There's a way to avoid it yourself and also to subdue it. What? Send them a gift. See, I don't really know if that's what it means in the context. Let me tell you practically. Send them a gift, but do it in secret. Don't turn around and talk to somebody else and say, you know, they were trying to get at me. You know what I did to them? I sent them a gift. That's pride. Just do it. This is the right hand not knowing what the left hand's doing and so forth. But there's ways. It, it, it's a reminder uh, in my application of this. I just want to give you this that I have, we have in the New Testament where it says you, when you have an enemy, what do you do? You pray for them. What do you do? You pray for those who despitefully use you. You do good to those who mistreat you in Romans. Same thing. 
you have a situation that someone mistreats you, rather than get angry about it, give them a gift. You see someone that is angry, angry, send them something in secret. I think it's a very practical thing not to use it out of context. In 29, I'll end with this one, but since I started with it. Let's go back to 2911. Since I open with it, I'll give you a little bit more on this one. In 2911, a fool always loses his temper. That's the sign of a fool. A fool. But what a wise man. Now, the English translation says he holds it back. I've read a number. I tried to look up the Hebrew words, look at it closely, and read a number of commentaries on it. I really think the best explanation behind that is in the contrast to that, a wise man, it's not the idea of holding back your own temper, but it is the calm in the other person. I think that's the way the Hebrew was intended. It says a fool always loses his temper, but the way to avoid it and the way to bring a person down from that is a wise man is able to calm that spirit. That's the idea. He is able to hold back that temper of the fool. He's able to calm that person. And how would you do that? I think what we began with, Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer will turn away the wrath. We can be very profitable. We all experience it. I think it is practical in our personal lives. Anger, and I think it's a challenge to us. Um, I'll let you know the next area I'm going to go into because it's personal and it's in Proverbs. And I will not spend weeks upon it because if I did, uh, you'd probably maybe even want that, but I, I won't. But I will address it, and that's alcohol because it is addressed in the, in the book of Proverbs. And I will address that next time, which will be... I was going to say two weeks from tonight. It's actually going to be three weeks from tonight. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father in God, I thank you and praise you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, that we can see in Scripture how you get angry over sin and you hate it. We also see, Father, how you with us are very long-suffering and patient and slow to wrath, and we thank you for that. Where would we be without that? Father, yet I know I can say myself, not proudly, but reality, that I'm a man that can have a temper, that can be overtaken by anger. And Father, we need to guard against that. Help us to do that. Help me to do that. And I pray that you'd help us to take measures that will keep us from being angry. Help us to be slow to anger. Help us to watch who we spend our time with. Help us, Father, to overlook small transgressions. Help us to look for ways to honor you and to really realize the devastation that anger can bring. And Father, when it's right, help us to be angry and sin not, to stand up for righteousness, but to make sure that the standards are your standards and not ours. Help us, Father, to not provoke other people to anger, for that can be a tendency in all our lives. Help us to realize that anger will never, or wrath will never bring the righteousness of God. And help us, Father, to have that spirit by the Holy Spirit working through us and enabling us to be pleasing in your sight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.